Higher Inner Power, a reflection of true hip-hop culture, a study of hip-hop, and an execution of sticking to the roots while also propelling everything forward. Welcome to another episode of Higher Inner Power. I'm your host, Ty Frazier, a.k.a. Supernova, here in Denver, Colorado. I'm just really here to share the history of hip-hop in my city, worldwide, and just really the culture, just share the culture, because I feel like that's really what's missing in this day and age. Today, I actually have a very special guest. My homie Flo's rhymes well. He's a music producer and MC, engineer, and beat maker, born and raised here in Colorado. I actually met him at the Mutiny Open Mics with DJ Cons. He usually plays beats there for people to freestyle over, and his beats are honestly some of my favorite. I really love freestyling and and just spitting flows over him. No pun intended. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Check it out. What's good, y'all? We're here in the studio with Flo's Rhymes. Well, appreciate you joining me, man. Appreciate you having me through. Definitely. Oh, yeah, just tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself. You know how you got into hip-hop and whatnot. All right, well, shit, I'm Flo's Rhymes. Well, been doing this for a little while. I'm a little older. Guess I fall in the OG category now. <laughs> but um, started off, like, really seriously in, like, 1999. Me and 80 Spades, we were going to a community center, shit not too far from here, called The Spot. The Spot, yeah, I heard of that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they had all the elements, they had a room for all the elements, like breakdance and DJ, and then they had the studios, and they had the graffiti room. How did you hear about that place? Um, 80 Spades. Oh, okay. Like, we had lost touch for a couple years, actually, and like, he had moved out of his dad's house, and then um, he moved downtown, and he found The Spot. And so him and... Another guy that we were in a group with had brought me in, taught me this shit, and then I took off, went to school. What made you go to school? It, it was for music, right? Mm-hmm. Just got obsessed. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't want to have to be, have to go here to be able to do this, you know? Yeah, you wanted to gain that knowledge for yourself. Mm-hmm. How did that impact your music? Oh, it helped. I just, I learned so much, you know? Like, I mean, I can go sit in a big studio at the board, you know, and get busy if I need to. I mean, it's just a lot of advantages. Met a lot of people like, um, like the Frey. The lead singer of the frame, he was in every music class I had. Oh yeah. Yeah, Isaac, if I saw Isaac Isaac right now, he'd run up to me like, What's up? <laughs> he wouldn't call me flows because I was going by Fabulous at the time. Was that before uh, the rapper Fabulous? Well, it was before I knew about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This exactly. Like, it was probably like six months before he came out with I Can Tonight. It was crazy. So everybody had a joke, so I got that shit tattooed on I got it spelled it right, mind you. Yeah. I got that shit tattooed on my chest and then everybody like, Oh, you was number one fan. <laughs> and then other people, my like my little brother called, like, you're on the radio. Does that sound like me? <laughs> and do you think I wouldn't already told you? What are some of the artists or albums that in- influenced you or inspired you to become a producer? A uh, producer? Um, Timberland, mm-hmm. DJ Quick, Dr. Dre, of course. You know, that's the default answer everybody's going to give. <laughs> or on both sides, too, MCs, too, you know. Yes, sir. Um, I, later in life, Kanye, because Kanye was like right when I was in college, which is where I was really learning and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So definitely Kanye. I guess, you know, some of the older guys, Large Professor, um, Q-Tip. And then just, just to follow up on the rappers, it would be Nas Common. Those are my like my top two for sure. Talib Kweli. I get liking the Talib all the time. So. Yeah, that's good, man. That's a good person to be compared to. Those are definitely all conscious, lyrical wordsmiths, you mm-hmm. could say. You know what I mean? Do you have any favorite albums from uh, those? Like Common? I know he has a lot of albums. Oh, Common, like like Water for Chocolate. Yeah. Like, hands down. I mean, B is probably the second, but like Water for Chocolate is just pretty much immaculate. Jay Dilla killed that whole album, really. Yes. Are there any um, uh, any challenges you've had to overcome in your life that you feel like uh, impacted who you are or like helped you as a musician? Um, You mean like just like personal life? Yeah, it could be anything, you know? Uh, typical 
musician sob story, grew up poor as shit, you know? Yeah. Didn't really have shit, you know? But just, you know, staying positive, staying out of the gang bullshit and, you know, all the violence. Just keeping my head down and being creative. Yeah. Like, I was always creative. Like, I I always say I used to draw. I'm sure I could still draw. I just haven't done it in so long. And did uh, music help you to stay out of that stuff, you oh, say? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're just like listening and like me and 80 Spades would freestyle to each other on the phone and shit once <laughs> he moved. Because he moved out of uh, out of the east side when we were in eighth grade. So this is like four years before we started actually really doing music. Oh, yeah. And so we were just freestyling to each other, you know. Yeah. How did you guys meet and how did you guys start creating music together? Um, well, we met shit long, long, long time ago. Many moons, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the third grade elementary school. He was a new kid. He came in in the middle of the year, and I mean, I don't know. We just immediately clicked, and then he lived uh, like two blocks away from me on the same street, 24th Avenue. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We just immediately clicked, became best friends, and that shit just never changed. And, you know, he was always, he's kind of always rapped, you know, and I started playing with that with him, you know, just bouncing ideas off of him, and then once he moved and, you know, life started happening, he started studying Twister, and he got really good at chopping so, like, to hear him now is, like, he's totally different. He's a totally different MC. That's cool. Like, he was known as a chopper. Like, to hear anything else but chopping from Spades wasn't happening back then. <laughs> he was, like, Tech 9 or, like you said, Twister. Twister. Yeah. He could spit pretty much everything Twister's ever done, word for word. That's crazy. I could see that influence in him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Was he there? Just, he got tired of being typecast, so yeah. he switched it up. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we do that as artists and producers. You know, you don't want to be put in one box, for sure. Mm-hmm. What's a piece of advice you would give to someone starting out in hip-hop as a producer or an MC? Stay humble and pursue learning. Pursue learning from any and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Watch podcasts, look shit up on YouTube, read books, take classes. There's so many online classes and opportunities you can do. Like, stay seeking knowledge. Yeah. Stay humble. Even when you get good and everybody's riding your job, stay humble. Real talk. Do you think there's a certain trait or a particular trait that it takes to be a good producer? Um, hunger for sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I can't really say because I know so many different personalities. Yeah, for sure. Of producers. You could just kind of be whoever you are. Mm -hmm. That's what music is. Yes, sir. How do you think hip hop relates to like the issues in society? And do you think it can bring awareness to those? I mean, it does and it's supposed to. When it started, that was its main focus. Yeah. And then it became party. Then it jumped back to that being a focus. Then it became balling, and then it just kind of teeter-totters constantly. Yeah, because you're right. I think the original purpose was to have a message, and it was a, to be a voice for people who didn't really have one. You know? Rhyming politics. Yep. How do you think it changed, or, you know, why, maybe? Um, the money is generating. Yeah, the corporations got a hold of it. I mean, that's the biggest, and first and foremost, but then, you know, this generation changes. You know, every five, ten years, it's like, actually 20 30 years in music five years go by and what you were doing then is totally different now anything coming up you want to promote i have my album it's called uh fabulous I do, yeah. I do address losing that name even though it's part of me it's tattooed on me and it's just i'm still that you know yeah because like when i finally you know gave up on the name i was like okay well i'm gonna bust it down to fab i'm gonna make it an acronym now, what do the letters stand for? Because everybody called me Fab off of Rip anyway. So I was like, well, then I'm just going to stop using the fabulous and just be Fab. So I was like, okay, what's that stand for? Flows and beats. That's what I do. Flows and beats. Yeah. And then I was talking talking crazy on the intro of a song one day, and I was like, aka F. Rhymeswell. Mm -hmm. And Spades was like, 
that's dope. You should use that. And then, like, two weeks later, we're like, that's going to be the brand. That's yeah. our company, Rhymeswell. I mean, yeah, it's self-explanatory, Rhymeswell, for real. Um, when's your album coming out? I don't got a specific date on it, but I'm going to try to make it June at the latest. But yeah, I got that, and then got a few things I'm working on with Casual Pharaoh. And then I got a couple of secrets that I can't quite talk about yet. Yeah. Even hiding them from bro, he don't even know. Where can people find you at? Foles underscore Rhymeswell on Instagram. Starts the hashtag Rhymeswell, you ain't gonna find nothing but us or something affiliated with us. But if you look up Flo's Rhymeswell, you'll find it all. Like if you find my Instagram, you can find my link tree and it'll send you to all my sites. Oh yeah, man. I appreciate you chopping it up. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Appreciate y'all listening. Supernova. Welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all listening. That was my conversation with Flo's Rhymes Well. One of my favorite producers and MCs that I know. Definitely go check him out and tap in with him. Today I just wanted to give you some hip-hop history. Today is May 2nd, 2023. Today in hip-hop history, Master Ace Incorporated released their second album, Sitting on Chrome, May 2nd, 1995. Definitely one of my personal favorites. I really love Master Ace Incorporated and just everything Master Ace has done on his own as well. I definitely suggest that album, Sitting on Chrome. Sitting on Chrome, the title track is probably one of my favorite songs from it. Also, The Fat Cat Ride. So yeah, definitely check that album out. And uh, you know, just in terms of Master Ace, he's definitely a legend and a pioneer in hip-hop. Definitely a foundation. Give you some history on him. It says, after meeting Marley Maw in 1987 during his summer break, Ace made his debut on the Juice Crew posse cut, The Symphony, along with fellow Juice Crew members Craig G, 
Cool G Rap and Big Daddy Kane, released on Marley Maul's In Control album. Definitely one of the best posse cuts of all time and a staple in hip-hop for sure. And if you're interested in checking more out about Mastace, I really suggest his album Disposable Arts and A Long Hot Summer. Those are two definite classic underground hip-hop albums. Amazing production, amazing lyricism, amazing storytelling. Also today in hip-hop history, Jazzo released his debut album, Words to the Jazz. I believe this is actually one of the first appearances of Jay-Z as well. Jazzo actually helped Jay-Z a lot in the beginning. I know they were very close. You know, Jay-Z got his name from Jazzo in a sense, and uh, definitely someone to look to, you know, a foundation of hip-hop and someone who inspired one of the biggest artists of our time. Once again, I appreciate y'all listening, appreciate y'all tuning into the podcast this is higher inner power a study of hip-hop its culture its history and a reflection of everything hip-hop that i know and love in my life and i hope you enjoy as well i hope you share the culture of hip-hop with everyone you know your children your friends your family because hip-hop is something real it's something soulful it's something that can change the world and bring awareness to so many things and i think it's something that should be shared no matter who you are no matter what culture you are no matter what ethnicity you are hip-hop can be for you if you relate to it and if your soul calls you to it and i think it's something that should be shared with everyone i hope you have a blessed day a blessed weekend and a blessed evening this is ty frazier thank you Thank you